Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, legal tampering is here in the NFL. Not other businesses, but in the NFL, legal tampering is here today, Wolf. And we've already seen the 49ers go out there and... Javon Hargrave was the guy you wanted more than anybody else, right? I mean, I don't think you expected the Cardinals to go after him, but that would have been no. your first choice. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That would have jacked me up. Javon Hargrave, um, a butt god, a butt in the gap, as I like to call it, when he when they play on the defensive side of the ball, stick his hand in the dirt and just eat up a gap or three. Uh, Javon Hargrave is definitely that type of player. Um I love the fact he was the first guy, the first name that actually came down. And the reason why I love that is because football um, is played on the line of scrimmage, Ron Wolfley reporting. Offensively and defensively, the Arizona Cardinals, I, I think they're going to rebuild that offensive line and rebuild that defensive line. And I'm very excited about that. It's not going to be a Javon Hargrave, but it's going to be a pro. They're looking for pros, I think, to populate the line of scrimmage. And I love the just the symbolism of Javon Hargrave being the first name that came down in the 49ers even though I despise the fact the 49ers are the, the team that team signed him to go to. exactly right it says an awful lot about the state of football and where it is it's still about the line of scrimmage bruv well, we're going to learn a lot about Monty Austin Fort now. I mean, for for all that he talked about when he first got the job, what is that, about a little over a month ago now? That's great. I think he said all the right things. That's fantastic. It ultimately doesn't mean anything until you actually go out there and do it, and he now gets his chance to do it. And and I've said this in the past, you know, different years in the NFL, depending where your team is, you'd prefer to have the draft first and free agency second. It doesn't change. I, for right now, if I were the Cardinals, I think I'd like to have the draft first. Let me see who I get. Let me see what picks I'm able to, to trade for. Let me see what positions I'm able to, to put in guys that I think are going to be there long term. And then I'll plug in those pros like you're talking about through free agency around them. That's not the way it works. Free agency is first. So we're going to see a lot from Monty Austin for it, just in terms of how much does he value guys that were here last year, like Kelvin Beecham and Zach Allen and Byron Murphy and Will Hernandez. How much does he you know, covet a guy that's out there that maybe he has ties to in the past of Tennessee or whatever? And just what type of players is he going to bring in? You said this earlier, and I think you're spot on. Don't expect the Cardinals to chase some big-name guy here on the first or second day, but... They actually need to sign more players than a lot of these teams. They're losing at least 31 players. Right. And to your first point, I I love the fact that you made it. This is going to be a fingerprint of Monty Austin Fort and where he is right now. And JG as well, Jonathan Gannon. It's going to be a little bit of a fingerprint right now. Now, is it going to be a whole print? Of course not. It isn't. But based on who he targets, who he goes after, who the Arizona Cardinals sign and who they do not, ladies and gentlemen, it could have an awful lot of say in regard to the type of culture that is going to be built here. And that's very interesting to me. What kind of guy do they value? Just how physical 
when you hear JG say, you know what, we want guys who play violently on the football field. A word that, again, I love the fact that they use that within the context, Basinonians, of what the sport of football is all about. And in between the white lines, that's exactly what it is. By the way, step out in between those white lines and tell me it's not violent. (laughs) Tell me it's not when you get your face blown off. Because it will happen. So, to me, the fact that he's saying we're targeting those guys, that's what we value. That's who we're going after. That tells me physicality is back in vogue in that locker room. This is really, I mean, it's not the only year he puts his his fingerprints on this team, obviously. But this, it's just funny how it works. He steps in, he's been on the job for a month, basically. And this is maybe the biggest chance he'll have to really overhaul this roster ever, ideally. I mean, as a GM, especially as a first-time GM, this is your chance. Relative to other teams, this Cardinals roster isn't just a work in progress. Like, it is stripped down to parts. Now, there's still some big parts. Kyler Murray, Buda Baker... But as far as getting to come in and be, if you're a GM, this is what you, you don't want to be in this position once you've been the GM. Like yeah. you, you don't want to be the GM and hey, four years in, your team's picking third. But as far as stepping in and you want to construct a team, he he can kind of build it from relative scratch again in NFL terms. Uh, but this is really, hopefully, the only year he is in that position because generally if you're a GM and you have to go through this again, you're not the GM for very long. Yeah, right now, too, if you're approaching this free agent period um, in your Monty Austin Fort and you know, oh, my goodness, Kyler Murray, we don't even know how long it's going to be. Maybe mid-September, maybe mid-October, maybe even November. Forget that. Strike that from the logger that I even said. November, I refuse to, November, it's eight I minutes refuse away. to acknowledge that. But, you know, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? We need we need a bunch of good pros. That's what we need going forward. And this is going to be a rebuild. Now, is, is it a full-blown rebuild? No, it isn't. There, you can never have a full-on, full-blown rebuild unless you don't have a franchise quarterback. And if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're, uh, you're, you've got the full... You've got the full-blown rebuild going on. The Cardinals have a franchise quarterback. You were talking about this earlier right now. This is a rebuild, and in particular, on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That's what they got to do. Yeah, well, and it's not just, I mean, I know a lot of people look at Kyler Murray and they have questions now, and that's fine. I'm, I'm not even saying you're wrong, but he's being paid like a franchise quarterback and he's young. So it, it regardless, you are rebuilding around him. You're you not going mean? to go out and sign a bunch of big name free agents. You're not going to do that. It just doesn't make a ton of sense right now, especially with him being uh, hurt. Now, how about this, too? This this was kind of floating around over the uh, the weekend. The league year starts on Wednesday. There's talk that the Cardinals are trying to ship DeAndre Hopkins to somebody before the league year begins, which, again, would be Wednesday. So that something there may happen uh, fairly soon if it does, in fact, happen. Jeremy Fowler of the weekend said the Cardinals want a premium day two pick and more in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, how about a premium day two pick? In the second round, okay, and more meaning a player that can actually start. Yeah, that could be. I could be a little steep right there, <laughs> but you know you've got to start somewhere, right? You have to, of course. Yeah, you're not going to come in low for D Hop. They they may not get that 
and I, I guess I see the argument now because the market wouldn't really dictate they would get that. What did the the Rams got a tight end and a third round pick for Jalen Ramsey? And my first thought was the Cardinals are not getting what they want for DeAndre Hopkins. But I will I will take this from the other side again. If I'm the Chiefs or the Cowboys and I get to add DeAndre, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. and I get to add DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick, yeah. done. And I'll give you somebody you can play. You're not getting CeeDee Lamb, but I'll give you somebody no. you can play. Why would you not do that if you're Dallas? Right. Do you, I ask this facetiously, of course, but you, do you think the word's out that he's not going to practice? <laughs> that word was out before he got here. I mean, they, they, that was the word in Houston. So, yes, No, probably. I know. I'm just saying. I was being a little facetious. A little? I admit it. That was, that was like 100 on the facetious uh, scale. Yeah. That's, anyways, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they actually get for DeAndre Hopkins. But he's he's gonna be moved, or as Paul Calvisi says, he gone. <laughs> now that's not Paul saying that. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, now Paul's saying Paul it about says. Hopkins. Just yeah, not Paul saying it exactly. Yes. Okay, All but right. yeah, I, I would imagine he he probably is right well, now. I mean, again, if you're if we're hearing like those. Two talked. DeAndre Hopkins and Monty Austinfort talked. Nobody came out of it saying we're definitely trading him. Nobody also came out of it saying we're definitely keeping him. And now all you hear is talk that the Cardinals are shopping him. And even DeAndre Hopkins last week was like, I hope there's some truth to this, right? So, I mean, if they spoke and they're on good terms, but the Cardinals are trying to move him, wouldn't it stand to reason that both sides agreed the best thing for DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals would be to trade him? Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is not rocket science today. It might be tomorrow. Trying to be respectful. I mean, why start now? (laughs) Have fun. Hey, gone. I mean, whatever. Uh, Um, All right. Well, just blame Paul. The madness tips off this Thursday, and with it comes your chance to win over three thousand dollars worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. So text Bucks to six twenty six twenty to fill out your bracket and compete in the madness. Again, that's Bucks to six twenty six twenty. We come back. Coyotes won again last night. Clayton Keller had the game-tying goal and the game-winning goal, and he'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back. It is Wolf and Luke here on a Monday afternoon. Arizona Coyotes once again winning at Mullen Arena last night, beating a really good hockey team in the Minnesota Wild and doing it, Wolf, in dramatic fashion, 5-4 in overtime. Clayton Keller tied it midway through the third. Clayton Keller won it in overtime. And Clayton Keller, who is also the NHL's first star of the week, joins us now on the Arizona Sports Line. Clayton, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Doing, Doing good. good, Clayton. Thank you for joining us. Maybe maybe not as yeah, as good as you here over the last uh, couple weeks, really all season long. So I, I guess let's let's just start with, with the game last night and the way you guys have played at home, um, and specifically since the trade deadline. It seems like you guys have kind of all rallied around having your group and, and knowing who it is. is. Is that fair? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's definitely a tight, tight group in the locker room. We have, you know, a lot of good guys and um, you know, obviously, you know, the trade deadline, you know, when you lose guys, it, it, uh, takes time to, uh, I don't know, just mesh, uh, together and kind of stick with it. And I think, you know, we've done a really good job at that and some new guys coming in and some guys coming up from Tucson, uh, have done a great job as well. And, um, you know, the coaching staff has done a awesome job with, you know, just, you know, keeping us dialed in and, uh, you know, having fun every day at the rink. 
You know, Clayton, it's this has been very enjoyable to watch you grow as a pro over your seven seasons, and this seems to be your best season right now. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you learn so much um, in this league, and I just, you know, I felt like I've I've learned a lot, you know, uh, every single year, I think, you know, you, you learn something and, you know, I think mentally, I'm, you know, just a lot stronger and, you know, you learn things, you know, it's a long season and it's a lot of up and downs and, um, you know, you're going to go through stretches where, you know, you're not scoring and, you know, just sticking with it and, um, you know, just being patient, I think is, you know, something that, that I've learned and, um, you know, I think that's something that's uh, made me a better player. We're talking to Clayton Keller. Uh, Clayton, we have Bear on every week on this show, and you know he's he's a great interview. He's obviously a really good coach too. What's what's he like for you guys playing for Andre Turney? Yeah, he's uh, he's been unbelievable. You know, since he came in, um, you know, he's definitely a player's coach, and um, you know, I think he's he's you know a coach that you know is um, you know he doesn't hold grudges. You know, it's you know if you make a mistake, he'll let you know about it. But you know, he you know the next day or even the next period or shift you know it's um you know he turns the page and you know i think that you know gives a lot of you know our younger players um you know confidence as well and um you know he's just a great guy he's always um hanging around with us at the rink and always chatting with us and he's you know for the most part always in a in a good mood so you know it's definitely uh exciting and and, and fun to the, to come to the rink when when you have a coach like that Clayton, I have to ask you this because as a former professional football player where coaches would scream and yell at you a lot, is Bear kind of a screamer? And if so, do you respond well to that kind of coach? Um, I wouldn't say he's a screamer. I mean, I think, you know, any coach can, you know, get fired up or um, kind of get on his guys. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, you know, he definitely cares about us as, as players and, you know, people away from the rink. And, you know, I think when, when he says something, we usually, you know, respond pretty well and we all, we all have his back. And, um, you know, like I said, he's just, uh, an awesome guy to play for. Talking to Clayton Keller, Clayton, one of the guys on your line, and you didn't have Nick Schmaltz last night. Brett Ritchie was able to step right in, and your line was still uh, really productive. But Barrett Hayton has been up there over the last, I don't know, a few weeks now, month, uh, and he's been really productive with you. I-, I know you know Barrett really well. What have you seen from him in terms of just his evolution as a player? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, people sometimes maybe don't realize how hard the NHL is, and, um, you know, it, it takes time, and, um, you know, I think he's an unbelievable player and um we've actually lived together for the past two and a half three years so um i've definitely got to spend a lot of time with him and see him grow and um you know he's you know the definition of a true pro he he really does take care of himself away from the rink and um he's, he's super motivated and um you know it's it's awesome to live with him and um now to have some chemistry on the ice and um just keep working you know every single game uh to just you know be as good as possible you know it's amazing clayton just the fact you're still 24 years old it blows it blows my mind you've had seven seasons in the nhl you're 24 years old uh how long do you want to play this game clayton <laughs> as long as i can I Is mean, that right? I, yeah i mean we have a young team but like you said i mean i'm i'm still only 24 years old and 
Um, I was lucky enough to uh, come in the league at a young age and kind of, you know, learn things on the fly and, you know, be around some great, you know, players and um, coaches and teammates that have really helped me. And, you know, I think, um, you know, it's, you know, a place where I want to be and where I want to, you know, build something. So, Clayton, uh, do you pass that along? Do you give back that kind of information? How much of a mentor are you in that dressing room? Yeah, I mean, I think um, everyone's, you know, a a leader in their own way. um, You know, I I wouldn't say I'm the most vocal guy, but, you know, there is times when, when when I do speak up or things like that. And I think all of us in the room are, like I said, you know, um, we all love each other. We're all, you know, a, a tight group. So, you know, when, you know, when someone's on someone, it's not like, you know, it's because they don't like him, you know, it's because, you know, we expect the best and, you know, we want to, you know, build a culture here and, um, you know, kind of take that next step, you know, with, you know, the new arena and everything that's, you know, eventually coming down the road, that's, you know, we want to kind of build the culture and, and set the standard. Talking to Clayton Keller, NHL's first star of the week, and uh, you had the game-tying goal last night. You had the game-winning goal, and and specifically the game-winner because obviously Barrett was going for the hat trick, and it it got past the goalie, but it seemed like you were the only one that really had a a read on it before everybody else. Can you just kind of take us through that game-winner last night? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, like you said, I was was definitely trying to get Barrett the hat trick. Um, You know, there was we had one shift in overtime before that one, and he kind of got a good shot off, and um, you know, I was just kind of looking for him out there and, um, you know, he made a, made a good play there, um, was able to get the shot through and, uh, yeah, I just kind of saw it sitting, uh, sitting right beside the goalie and, um, you know, that's one of the more unique goals I guess I've scored, um, <laughs> since playing here. So Clayton, four goals, five assists in four games. Why so prolific as of late? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, you know, coming back from the break, you know, we just, you know, we just wanted to have, you know, a good finish and, um, you know, we knew things were going to happen at the deadline and, you know, there was a lot of noise, but I think, you know, I think it goes back to our group and, um, you know, we really like being around each other. We like being at the rink and, um, I don't know, I think just getting chemistry with, uh, Schmaltzy and Hates has, has really helped out as well too. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot away from the rink and, um, you know, we're always, you know, focusing on, you know, getting better, you know, whether it's at practice or, you know, in game adjustments that, that we'll see. And, um, I think, you know, it's chemistry takes time. I think in, in the NHL, I think, you know, when you find a player, two players that, um, can kind of compliment you, you want to make the most of it and, and show people what you can, you guys can do. Uh, you've always been a, such a good playmaker. Was it was it an adjustment or something you had to intentionally do to make sure you shoot more? Because I mean, now up to to fifty seven goals over the last two seasons, and I guess along those lines is, uh, do you see any of your game in Matthias Michelli as he kind of breaks into the league? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely. I think um, you know when you shoot the puck, you know teams can you know kind of start backing off of you, and um, you know then you know more than likely the pass will be there. So kind of just trying to throw as many things possible at them um, and kind of elevate your game. But um, I think I'm going to tell you, yeah, he's an unbelievable player. He sees the ice so well. Um, you know, he's so smart and, um, you know, he's he definitely has 
uh, more goals than he does. I mean, he's he's so unselfish, and you know he'll get there. He's he's still young too, and um, you know he's going to be an unbelievable uh, player for us. He's you know we're super excited to to have him here. Where do you want to get better, Clayton? Where do you need to get better? I mean, I think you're always uh, striving to get better, but I think you know defensively, I've taken strides. Um, you know, the past you know two or three seasons, and um, you know it's hard to you know focus i guess sometimes on on that aspect of the game but you know when things aren't aren't going your way and you're not as productive you know those are mm-hmm. things that you want to kind of dial in on and um you know do whatever you can to to help the team win but um you know i think just uh you know sticking with it and um you know going from there well clayton we appreciate the time Thank congratulations you, on the win and the first star of the week and good luck against calgary tomorrow all right Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys very much. All right. You too. That's uh, Clayton Keller right there joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, it was, it was funny. The first half of the game last night, he, he was relatively quiet production-wise, and then he, he ends up setting up a goal and scoring the game, tying goal and scoring the game when he goals. Just a fire. That's why he's the uh, NHL's first star of the week. When you consistently are doing that, and he is, he's having the best year of his career. and he's Nine points in four games. The most, good. most impressive thing to me coming off the injury he came off of last year. That was one of the, the roughest injuries I've ever seen in person and he bounced right back and having the best year of his career Texas your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now when we come back James Jones gave us a little clarity on Kevin Durant's injury over the weekend we'll get into that next it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports the local sports leader Wolf and Luke Arizona Sports the local sports leader All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks to Clayton Keller for joining us last segment. Thanks to K-Ray for joining us earlier today, Wolf. And uh, speaking of sons who are taking on Golden State in Golden State tonight, Dwayne Rankin had a a story up over the weekend where he talked to James Jones. And I'm not going to read you all the quotes, but I'm going to make sure I have this one right. Well, I'll just read you the, the big one from James Jones talking about Kevin Durant. Quote, if the playoffs started today, he'd be out there. He'd be struggling a little bit, unquote. Okay. So I guess let's just start there. Oh, man. Okay. That is, to me, once again, okay, he tweaked his ankle. Uh, he's probably going to miss 10 days. <laughs> when I, that's, you know, that, that is what you originally said, yes. That's what I'm thinking of right there. Okay, he tweaked his ankle and it kind of rolled it. And all right, it's going to, yeah, he's going to miss like 10 days. We'll get that thing. We'll ice it down. We'll get ready. He'll be fine. He'll get back out there. Three weeks. They're going to reevaluate him after three weeks. Maybe they're just trying to set the bar high so they can deliver quickly, if you know what I mean. That would be ideal because, again, three weeks, and and three weeks is what threw me, right? I mean, (laughs) hold on. Kevin Durant getting hurt in warm-ups is what threw me. But when we had the conversation on Thursday last week, it was like, all right, he's probably going to miss the the Sacramento game. And, you know, you figure probably these two games early this week. But like you said, about, you know, seven to ten days. Yeah. For them to come out then and say it's he'll be reevaluated in three weeks. <laughs> don't you immediately hear that as that means at least three weeks? Yes. That's how I hear it. It's a reevaluated. Listen. He's going to be out three weeks. That's a, we're not even going to worry about evaluating yeah. this. Don't guy. even talk to us for three Don't, weeks, right, Katie. Exactly. We'll reevaluate you then. And I was like, who does that? Who rolls the rankle where it's that bad? 
where where you know, man, I, I shouldn't be out here, and you finish your workout after rolling it that bad. Now I understand it was warm, Wolf. It was he was warm, and he was out there, and he was. Hey, listen, when you roll your ankle and you're going to miss three weeks where it's a a more than moderate sprain and you know it, you, you this is not his first rodeo. You're not going to finish your workout if that happens. So that makes sense to me that maybe he didn't tweak it as bad so as it sounded. Here's another quote from James Jones in this story. And they asked him, are you concerned at all? Because Kevin Durant does have a history. Because, I mean, it is, it is also worth looking at this and saying maybe they are looking and saying, okay, the playoffs are four and a half weeks away or whatever. He's also coming off a knee injury. Like, he played three games, but it's not like that knee injury is suddenly from four years ago. It's <laughs> from two weeks ago. Um, so are you concerned at all? Because KD does have a history of injuries. And James Jones said, no, players that play and play a lot, uh, they get banged up. But it's a sprained ankle. It's the type of thing that if we're in the playoffs, if the playoffs were to start today, he'd be out there. He'd be struggling a little bit. I'm always concerned for our players' health when guys are hurt. I've been in that seat where you're hurt. You're always concerned about health, but anything long-term, severe, no, I'm not concerned at all, unquote. Yeah, okay. I think Suns fans are um, not concerned that this ankle injury is a long-term thing, but like you're kind of wondering, like, how is it going to be three years of KDs right. in and out and in right, and out? Right, right. And here's the one thing. It's one of the reasons why. Remember when the, first, when, the, when the report first happened that KD had rolled his ankle? Somebody came out and said it was going to be two weeks, and I forget who it was. Was Sham. it Shams yeah. who came out and said it was going to be two weeks? And then, oh, no, 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 it was going to be three. We were here in three, and then it was two to three, and all of a sudden it was the Suns saying themselves, three. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's just the Phoenix Suns trying to manage expectations by saying, okay, it's, you know, it's, no, wait a minute, it's going to be three. And if he comes back in two, it's going to be cool. You know what I mean? Just because they knew what the narrative was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And where that, where that narrative was going to go. Well, and I think the narrative went there for a lot of us. Yes. If the Suns are saying three, it's probably four, right? Because, I mean, when they when they were like, hey, yes. Devin Booker's going to be reevaluated in a month. He wasn't just back in a month. He still missed more time. Uh, look, they have they have a few weeks to play with, but they they got to get their team out there when they can here yeah. at some point. I just think the narrative out there was going to be, as we all do, you know, oh, that's KD. See, this is KD now. This is where he's at in his career. This is what happens to him. He rolls his ankle in a warm-up. And now can you imagine if they said it was going to be two weeks and it's not, it's, it's longer than two weeks. What would the narrative be? Oh boy, here, see, this is it. You know, he's not even a fast healer. Yeah. So I think maybe why not manage expectations and say he's, hey, he's going to be reevaluated after three weeks. In other words, after two weeks, don't even talk to him. Yeah. La, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> You know, I, which is ridiculous. So maybe they're they're just trying to manage expectations, especially when you got their general manager saying, "Hey, if it was a playoff game, he could go." Well, that that to me, I mean, out of all of this, and, 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 you know, great piece there by Dwayne Rankin. Uh, out of all of this, that's the thing that stands out. I'm sure to most people, but certainly to me, because that was the question I had last week. If the playoffs were here, would he be missing three weeks, or would he be missing two games? Or it sounds like from James Jones, no, he'd probably be out there. Now, I mean, you wouldn't be getting K. AD at 100%, and I know everybody's not 100% by the time the playoffs roll around, but like 
an injured, banged-up KD, if he can still go out there and jump, he's still going to score. It's just, is he going to score at will? Is he going to be able to defend the way yeah, he the can? De- the defensive end. That's that's, that's where you would lose something. Rough, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, you can you can hear Suns fans getting worried, and I don't blame you, because <laughs> the other part of this is you trade away a guy who never misses games. But uh, I, I just I think the, the biggest thing, especially with that game against Sacramento on Saturday, and we're going to really see tonight and tomorrow, how much do they struggle against contenders or at least playoff teams in Sacramento's case when they don't have all of their big four because they are they're built around four guys now. And, they, and that wasn't the case before. Yeah, the, let me ask you this, okay. because I haven't asked you this. When you watched them play the Kings, were you thinking to yourself, man, the Kings just look like the better team? Because I did. Yeah. I did. Now, again, you don't have Kevin Durant. That's, yeah. Okay? You don't have <laughs> Kevin Durant. But watching him compete and watching him play, um, man, they, they were so much... They, I don't want to say they were so much better. They were not. I don't want to get carried away here. But the Sacramento Kings scored the ball um, very easily compared to the Suns. It seemed as though the Kings scored the ball, um, simply scored the ball. And it seemed like the Suns struggled to do so. Now, again, they don't have Kevin Durant. I understand that. And suddenly you've got Torrey Craig and Josh Akogi in the lineup, the starting lineup. But um, defensively, the Kings really balled out, too. I don't remember a year where we got this late in the season and really didn't know totally what the Suns are. You know what I mean? Just because they 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 haven't had their group really all season, they haven't they didn't have their starters at all in the first half. Then they make a big trade, which is going to shake things up. KD's never been traded mid season, generally speaking. And I always reference that conversation Kellen and I had over the summer. You know, it's tough to trade for a, a big player mid season and have that guy lead you to a title because it just it's usually an off season type thing. But you know, it's Kevin Durant; he can fit in quickly. But he now isn't playing. I just. It's tough to get a read on the Suns. Yeah, uh, you know, at full strength, would they just would they sweep the Kings of Kevin? Would they lose to the Kings? Like we don't know. Right, I, I know, and it was so weird too to see the Kings. They, they had seven guys, seven guys in double digits. They have been pretty healthy this year relative to other NBA teams. But yes. yeah, they, they four of them from the bench. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> jerks. Showing off with their bench that scores. Uh, all right, the weather's getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds too long to take your eyes off your kids around water. For life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA, text SWIM to 620-620 when we come back. Final segment of the show, lots of NFL news with the new league year just days away. We'll catch you up on everything. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Here we go. What do you have, Aaron? So this is pretty much everywhere. But the Steelers have reached an agreement with Pro Bowl cornerback Patrick Peterson. (laughs) Craig, you're going to love Pappy. So just logistically now, does this mean every time Patrick P does his podcast, he's talking about the Vikings? Or is he still going to be talking about the Cardinals? 
Or is he just totally moved on to the Steelers? I think he's no, he's still going to be talking about the Cardinals. Like that's all right there. Just a guess. There's not enough of a history with the Vikings, but I didn't know if like every time he moves on one team, he then looks back at the other team as some sort of retrospective. That's an interesting. It's an interesting signing right there. Patrick Peterson to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There have been there's been a few intriguing nuggets of uh, of news out there. How about this one, Wolf from Trey Wingo on Twitter about an hour, two hours ago. Hearing Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is done. History about to repeat itself between New York and Green Bay. Time is indeed a flat circle. Now, to be clear, that is not has hasn't been reported anywhere else. But Trey Wingo throwing that out there and just kind of read the tea leaves of some of the stuff the Jets players have been tweeting. Sauce Gardner's been tweeting about Aaron Rodgers, it feels like, for two weeks. Um, Garrett Wilson was tweeting stuff this afternoon, too, about it. They actually had a meeting in California, of course, with the Jets. Yes, yeah. So it it really, whether it's, quote, done or not, that certainly seems to be where this is all trending with Aaron Rodgers. I, if this does happen, and it appears as though it is, I'm absolutely dumbfounded. What are the odds? Two legendary quarterbacks from the Green Bay Packers make their way <laughs> to, to the New Jets. York and play for the New York Jets. We're not talking about just playing eight years up there, Mm -mm. nine years. We're talking about two legends from Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is literally following following Brett Favre and the path he took. He, He was sitting there on the bench for three years when Brett Favre was out there playing. And everyone went, hey, get out. You got to go. Brett, you got to go. We got this Aaron Rodgers guy. We got to play him. Now all of a sudden he's following him to New York. What are the odds it is, of that? It is very, very strange. We're going to find out like that some sort of time space continuum where they're actually the same Just person. Just knock or something. it off. Uh, and what does he do when he gets to the Jets? Is he going to wear number twelve? I mean, he, again, I, he hasn't signed with the Jets or been traded to the Jets yet. But and I don't know. I'm reading the Garrett Wilson tweets. He says, uh, Garrett Wilson says, I can finally enjoy my vacay now. And then he says, you all should see the smile on my on me right now, too. Okay. But, but those were both like six and ten minutes after the Trey Wingo tweet. So I don't know if they're just reacting to Trey Wingo's tweet or if this is one of those things that if you are on or around the team, you yeah. already know it. It's just not yeah, official. Exactly. That's what I think it is right now. Where there's smoke, there is fire. And it seems like there's a lot of smoke around this right now. And it makes sense when you look at the evidence as well. I tell you, Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, those three were talking on Twitter too, but but Gardner and Wilson have been like, we want Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, if you're Aaron Rodgers, I don't know, Wolf, do you feel like Aaron Rodgers seems to uh, need people to show him love yes. and attention? Yeah, I think so. He will be getting it from the Jets. Those, those are some... Well, he will at first, until he throws his first couple picks. <laughs> then he'll have some guy weighing 450 out there eating half a slice of pizza and yelling at him, You stink! What do you make of, if this happens, Aaron Rodgers playing in New York, right? I mean, just dealing with the New York fans, like you just said, and dealing with the New York media. If he thinks 
people are too intrusive in Green Bay. I know. Yeah, you have to wonder how this is going to go with Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Green Bay, their fan base is legendary. I talk about it all the time, but this is the only place that I can't recall being flipped off by a Packer fan. I everywhere everywhere else you go, it's all over the place, and they do it. They flip you off. They don't care where you. Not are. in Philly, though, right? Oh man, oh that's the worst. <laughs> they throw a D battery at you, then they flip you with off. a note. When you look up, then they yeah. Yes, now that we've exactly. got your attention, they smash right off your. Just wanted to tell you something. You know, it's just yeah. So, <laughs> I, I this is stunning news that is happening right now, only because the odds say this can never happen. You got a guy that's going to play 16 years in Green Bay, and then he's going to go play for the Jets. And then his his mentor, or mentee, I should say, his mentee comes along and actually plays longer in Green Bay and then goes to the Jets as well. Yeah. What? It's, it's too bad Brett Favre's not still there, so Rodgers could push him out of New York, too, the way he pushed him out of Green Bay. <laughs> That'd be a awesome. Shame. Uh, other news today... Jimmy Garoppolo signing with the Raiders. And i got to be honest, Wolf, like Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, I think everybody saw it coming. And again, that hasn't officially happened, but it seems like it's going to. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I, I necessarily saw that one coming. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Um, three years three for $67.5 million. Right, $34 million guaranteed. And that is what you want to focus and concentrate on, the guaranteed amount right now, $34 million. That's To me, that's backup money. That That's really, really good. Like, he's a good, he's a, he's a, he's a good, solid quarterback. But if we happen to draft a guy, um, yeah, that that's doable. We can pay Jimmy that he that could play me, a year as a starter if yes, he had to he could be a mentor that though. makes me think right now that the Raiders are looking at drafting a quarterback and if that's the truth hey Indianapolis you've got no choice you got to move up yeah you do because if you don't money will just trade with them but I wouldn't do that I, I'd try to get somebody who's moving up from lower if you know what I mean. Lower towards the top? Yes, <laughs> because you could get more. Well, Think yeah. about it. You get oh, more. You're willing to drop further down the draft. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Totally, of course. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if they could swing a deal with the Raiders, you'd pick seventh. I don't know what the Colts would do at that point if the Raiders jumped up and took a quarterback, too. I, yeah. I, I have long wondered if we might see three quarterbacks go top three. I don't know that we're going to see four go top four. Uh, So then I don't know what happens. But if you drop down to seven... Yeah, Will Anderson's not going to be there. No, but Tyree Wilson probably would be. Tyree Wilson. But if I had my druthers, uh, if you told me you could move down to number four and still get a first-round pick... And get Will Anderson. And Will Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's the way to do it. I would just, I would be kind of just leaving hints for the Colts. Hey, remember how you haven't had a quarterback since Andrew Luck retired and you've been miserable ever since? Yes. Well, now you can move up to number three. Well, see, and everyone says, no, that's not going to work on the Jimmy Johnson draft chart. That's not going to work in terms of picks and moving down because it doesn't work from a math perspective. Throw that right out the window. 
throw it out the window when it comes to a quarterback. When it comes to a quarterback and you're, you're moving up in the top five, and I had the trade before, but I mean, we all remember the, the Bears moving up from three to two and giving up swapping the picks just to move up one spot and then throwing in a couple seconds and a third to move up and, and take Mitchell Trubisky. Sorry, Bears fans. Mitchell. It's just, it's just a good example I can use. Um, that's that's the offer now you're looking for if you're the Cardinals. And what if, you know, what if Carolina made that trade and they do like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson more? <laughs> I mean, then if you are a, a quarterback desperate team and C.J. Stroud or uh, Bryce Young is going to be there at number three, just make sure your phone's charged, Monty. You know, you know, get one of those superchargers that like fills it up within an hour. Cardinals are sitting in a very, very good position right now. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the the little bit of payback for uh, for what happened this season. All right, we have to at least say congratulations to Maloney before we sign off here because she's not coming back for a few weeks. What are you talking about? She's she's going away. What do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> so congratulations, Maloney. And thanks for all the help on the show today. So, Maloney, Why is nobody else speaking? <laughs> how, how long are you going to be gone? Speech. I will be back on April 3rd. April 3rd. April 3rd. Beautiful. Uh, can you imagine how... Just in time for KD to return. <laughs> <laughs> imagine how, how in shambles our show is going to be three weeks without Maloney. Yes. We will not still be on the I air. No, Cannot but, wait. All right. So, good night. Thanks to Aaron, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gebo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Josh!